What's up, gang? Welcome into Ask Dog Central on a Wednesday night. I am Graham Coffee. I am joined by my friend and colleague, Mr. Dustin Wood, aka 704 Dog, aka at FSF Recruits on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling Elon's app these days. Um, we are finally in football season, man. Uh, admittedly, I am uh, trying to keep my head above water. Uh, finally got a film review out last night. Uh, five days straight of college football was awesome, but uh, it was also kind of bad for my productivity to be to be truthful with you because uh, I like to watch college football, but. Dustin, we finally got some actual games to talk about. Uh, you were at the game on Saturday. What were your initial impressions? Yeah, so um, I guess kind of on the offensive side, I thought that um, uh, pass protection was really good. Um, I feel like we're really, really deep on, on wide receiver, which is going to be good. Um, I think with the offense kind of trying to be vanilla and trying to not give away too much. I think that run protection really wasn't um, making it very easy to be that way. So um, hopefully on the next game, run protection will be a little bit better so we can um, still kind of play vanilla and, and move the ball. <clears throat> and then on defense, um, I was really um, impressed with the defensive back play. I think we're really deep there. I think even the twos we had played very well and graded out good. Um, I think we're really, really happy to have a healthy Tyke Smith. I think he played really good. and Being able to put Bullard safety is going to help this team out a lot. And um, really, you know, the front seven played good. And I was really excited to see C.J. Allen this young getting that many snaps. I guess that was probably my big key, key takeaway. And then on the freshman, on the on the offensive side, um, C.J. Smith, um, Outside of Muse, he was probably my biggest um, surprise from not really hearing much in reports to seeing him kind of flashed on the scene. So those are kind of my key takeaways. Yeah, man. Um, I, I CJ Smith, I think maybe was the biggest surprise of that that whole game for me. Um, like you know, we put practice reports up on Dog Central. Jason puts stuff up on Dog Central. Like both of us talk to people almost every day about what's going on with the program. And we've had, we had subscribers this fall during camp ask about CJ Smith. And my answer kept being like, honestly, like I haven't really heard a ton about him. Uh, I hadn't asked about him, but like, man, he looked like a totally, I think different player than maybe who a lot of people thought he would be when he came in, just in terms of, he looked like a physical wide receiver and we knew he was a fast receiver. We knew he is a speed guy, but he looked very, very good um, in the open field, breaking tackles. And like even Kirby, I think shouted him out in the post game press conference for, uh, I think he, the way he phrased it was for running through a guy's face, which he did on, on one of those screen passes, but. Which will get you snaps with Kirby smart. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, uh, I thought, it kind of brought up actually um, a question that that we got from the uh, from the site over on Dog Central. Uh, Hunter asked about the wide receiver position and just you know, do you think any wideouts might be in a position to earn more reps than we thought or move up the depth chart because of their performance? Uh, I don't know if these guys 
I don't know if the depth chart's quite that fluid where it's it's really week to week, but um, it's it's hard to not kind of start thinking about some of the combos that they can put out there after seeing some of these guys on Saturday night. Because, like, you put Rara out there with a C.J. Smith, maybe at, like, a Z. I mean, I you know, he was playing, I think, more in kind of the X spot at times on Saturday, but I'm sure he can flex over. And then, you, you know, you start talking about the combos that you can put out there with, with Arian Smith or Lad McConkie or, you know, love it. Some of these guys that are a little more technical route runners. It's interesting because I think there's just – there's more like pure speed right now in that room than than I can really remember at any point under Kirby, honestly, is just in terms of guys that you look at and say like that kid can get behind the defense because – I think what we thought CJ Smith was going to be was a player who was more of just like a deep ball threat, right? Yeah. So he was on um, with his recruitment. He was a guy that was like a 10, three, 100, which is just ridiculously fast. He was injured high school, junior, senior, and freshman. He was a Florida commit that kind of, um, I mean, it was a guy that Napier just didn't want. He flat out didn't reach out to him when he came on staff. So it's really been tough, but he's got the height to do it. And honestly, he might be a little bit less speed, but not much. But he's packed on. It looks like at least 10 pounds compared to what he was in high school. Yeah, he's cut up. I mean, like, you know, you you just noticed or I noticed like just broader shouldered, uh, you know, really like well-defined through the arms. He just looked like a stronger player than I thought Georgia was getting, but this is the first time we've ever seen him on the field. Like you said, I mean, he's, he's been battling injuries and whatnot. So we, we didn't really ever get a good look at him in a spring game type situation. Um, I think he can be like, Georgia has a really interesting track record now because I don't know what he'll turn into, but like you talk about the, wide receiver evaluations and they're doing as good a job as anybody. Right. Cause like there's the, the flip side of the negative recruiting with like, there's no thousand yard receivers, but the other side of that is look at how well they've done in terms of identifying guys with the traits that they want and then putting them into the program, putting them with the strength staff and the nutrition guys and letting them go. But um, I, I felt like Ra Ra Thomas we only really got the one look at him on the deep ball in terms of actual passes being thrown his way. But uh, going back and doing the film review show, which if you guys are looking for that is, is on this YouTube channel. Um, I was impressed with his blocking. Like he's way downfield in, in a couple situations where he's out there and he's 20, 30, 40 yards downfield and he's blocking for guys and uh, he's doing the things that, Georgia requires of their wide receivers. So I think that he's going to, if, if we're talking about a guy that I look at and say, like, maybe he earned more snaps with his performance on Saturday night, I, I would probably point to him as well. Yeah. And this is with even without Rosemey and um, with, without Lad. So, I mean, we've really got three deep and they are the guys that could fill in. And really this was a position that you look back maybe like five years ago, um, Lawrence Cager, he he gets injured, and you're just kind of dead to the water. It looks like we won't be in that position for a while. 
Yeah, for sure. No, they definitely done a good job of building depth at the wide out spot. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's like, I mean, we talked earlier about the sort of the explosiveness, but I'm also just interested in like, I, I think they have a, a wide receiver core that has a, a pretty complete skill set. Um, you know, in times in the past, there's been some possession guys or, you know, some, some guys that are, that are good in the slot, but maybe not the firepower on the outside. And it feels like there's a balance there right now. And, you know, Saturday night, like we haven't even talked about Makai Muse yet. I mean, he's definitely, I think he only played 10 receiving snaps and he had three catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. Like he made the most out of his, his reps at receiver, um, you know, Smith only had 13 receiving snaps by my count. Uh, I thought Dylan Bell looked really, really good. Like, just in terms yeah. of him and, you know, I, I thought Beck, if there was anything kind of maybe, I don't want to use the word struggle, but like there was some times where you could tell the chemistry wasn't totally 100% there yet with certain guys in terms of what they were reading. You know, I think it's important to remember like, Georgia's still, from what I see, uh, still running the same read-based offense with their passing game that they were under Todd Monken, and that's dependent on receiver and quarterback reading the coverage the same way and, you know, these option routes that they're running in different places, like them them basically seeing the same thing and having the same idea. And there seemed to be, I think, a very good chemistry with, with Beck and Dylan Bell. Um, I mean – Three targets, three catches, 32 yards isn't really going to jump off the screen. But a couple of those were third down plays where, you know, he got out of his break really clean and created good separation on kind of, you know, medium depth out routes. And those are the things that move the sticks. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that route in the second half where he um, had an out route. That was like one of the few times I saw Beck. He just trusted him enough. I think that was really the one he was going to go to the whole play. And that route, I mean, he created at least five to seven yards separation. It was an easy pitch and catch. Yeah, what were your first impressions of Dominic Lovett? Yeah, so, I mean, um, I'm mean, i I'm in the camp. But you're, he's going to be the one receiver. He's going to have these games where he just pops off for 100-plus and everybody's just like an awe of him. I think Yak is going to be really good for him. I will say in the past years, having a really true slot receiver that just strictly plays from the slot, him and Muse will be really good to have Muse there to spell him out. But, you know, there there was that one route that him and Carson couldn't get on the right page, and it probably – that might could have brought his stat line to plus 100. Um, but, yeah, he's going to be dynamic with the ball in his hands, and he's just a guy that's going to fight. He doesn't like to lose. Um so, I mean, I, I'm really excited to have him in this offense, especially with uh, Brock Bowers on the field. It's going to make a lot of mismatches calls. There's going to be some linebackers that's either going to be playing um, on Brock or him, or they're going to play out a dime package, which is going to set up a lot of mismatches for us. Yeah, I would. I think, you know, the, the one thing that, like, you know, the, I think the play that obviously both him and Beck would want back was that third down that was kind of the, mm -hmm. the short inside slant crosser. It was even a little more shallow than a true slant, but um, it's, it's those things that you 
you know, that's what week one is for, honestly. And I, and I thought like him playing in a new system, Beck being a new quarterback, these are the things that you expect to see at certain points. Uh, it's probably good to get them out of the, the way now and identify what they are. But I was impressed with how, you know, kind of moving off the wide receivers a little bit. Um, I was impressed with how the, how Beck just kind of responded to the bad moments on Saturday night. Like I, I just think it's very different to, to come out as a starter. I know that he's played in some games, but being the guy is totally different situation, you know, coming out on the field when it's zero zero and the stadium is packed and everybody's looking at you and you know that everyone's, you know, George is one of the big stories in college football that we'll follow all year that everyone will follow on this three peat run. And that's a lot of pressure. And there was, you know, the, the miss with, with love it where they read that option route, dip, you know, the wrong way, basically off of each other. I, I think Beck actually did the right throw and love it. Maybe just didn't stop in the right spot, but that throw before halftime to Arian Smith, where he was kind of open in the back of the end zone and, I don't know what those two saw, but they didn't see the same thing. Um, I think like all of those things are things that you want to see cleaned up, but also it was good to see him go through it and come back out in the third quarter and manage the offense well. And I kind of thought, you know, his, his best play in the game was the last two drives that he played. And I, I almost wish that he had stayed in because I think if he stays in in the game and Georgia keeps the offense running normally, then, you know, he probably starts to to do some special stuff. But the the most impressive throw for me was when he was on that little uh, rollout to the right and he had Delp in the flat underneath there in the third quarter and he chose to, to hit Muse instead a little bit deeper right at the sticks. And it was just kind of a, a play where he was passing up, I think, a good gain for a bigger – gain and and identifying that second level throw and not being afraid to make it and being comfortable throwing on the run. I think those were all good things. Yeah. And I, I think the key point is to me, he didn't look indecisive. It seemed like he just made, he was going through his progressions and might've made like a, was not on the same page. It didn't like he was making flustered. And, and I think the main thing is with this team is we just need him not to be making mistakes. It's okay to take an incompletion or it's okay to take a, a check down with a lot of our games. And to me, it just didn't like he was completely out of source. It seems like he was processing with a cool, calm head, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, so let's let's go ahead and talk about the the elephant in the room because uh, I feel like you know we, we have to. Uh, Mike Bobo first game as offensive coordinator. Uh, what did you think? I mean, just you know, off the top, and we can get into some of the details here and and sort of talk about some of the the de- you know the mechanics. But like, what was you were in the stadium? What was your vibe? Well, the, the vibe in the stadium is it's just like even back in 2000 to t- 2010 to 14, people were all the time just, I don't know, it's, it's just, I don't know what it is about the fan base, but they really like the, the rag on, on Bobo. I mean, even these games where Tennessee, where we were just naming our score back in the day, and um, even the good games, there's usually people chirping him. But, I mean, in, in, my, in my opinion, you know, going back to what I, I previously said, um, I think when it comes to game planning, 
that they're not really trying to show a lot. And if you're, you know, if you're South Carolina, Auburn, and all these other teams, I mean, we think we're going to run the same offense. But if you're really trying to the game plan for Georgia, you really don't know exactly what his offense is completely going to be like. So I do think they're trying to hold some stuff back and kind of be conservative based off of that. But I mean, for our office to be super, super high efficient, run blocking has to be better. I mean, pass, pass pro, we were really, really good. It's one of the best great out games we've had in a long time across the board. But um, like we talked about earlier, I'm not going to steal your thunder before, but screens have always been a, a part of this, this offense and, you know, sweeps with the tight end or a wide receiver. That's always been a, a part of the offense. So to me, I wasn't really, um, I mean, I, I wasn't seeing all the heat on him, but, you know, I know he's not going to be monking true and true. So um, we'll just see how the year um, comes along. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, that that's one thing that uh, my mentions on Twitter were like very filled up with uh, was a lot of talk about why are they running so many screens? Why are they running so many screens? And I mean, one reason is, everyone runs screens. So it's, you're not really showing anything when you're running them. But the other is that that's been a big part of the offense going back to last year. Uh, I mean, you go back to this Oregon game in 2022 to open the season and they ran nine screens. They completed eight of them. They had 78 yards. Uh, Saturday night, Georgia ran nine screens. They completed nine of them for 120 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, that's that's 13.3 yards per attempt off those screen passes. That's pretty productive. I know there was some that got stopped, but there was also one that popped for a 54-yard touchdown, and that's kind of like – I think the other thing that's very important to remember is that Georgia came into this game with uh, really no healthy, fully healthy running backs that had played in a college football game, and so that's a – natural extension of your run game you know and you know as is like the end rounds that you mentioned a second ago to to Brock Bowers but I know people are eager to see Carson air it out because he's the new quarterback and he's 6'4 and he's got a big arm and I think people have been waiting for this idea of the blue chip quarterback that's going to bring more of like the natural vertical passing game but I mean, you, you did see like the slot throw to to love it. That was kind of the the fifty fifty ball. Like you saw some moments where he threw it downfield. You only saw the one true like deep bombed Arian that that Arian kind of had some contact and wasn't able to work his way through. But I mean, Beck's uh, average depth of target on Saturday night was seven point nine yards. Stetson's average depth of target to start the year against. Uh, who was it? Oregon last season was, was 5.6. Yeah, 5.6 versus – and I know that Tennessee Martin's not Oregon, you know, but it's still 2.3 yards. And what Georgia did last season was they established that they could block their asses off on the perimeter and that those screens and swing passes to McIntosh and some of those end-around type things, they, they established that those were a threat to be a big play. And by doing that, it it influenced defenses in the way that they wanted to influence them later on down the road and created mm -hmm. opportunities. And so yep. I think that's a thing to remember is that not every play call is, you know, I mean, yes, like you don't want to 
have negative plays and you, you want to to have good plays and gain yards and run an efficient offense, but not every play call is necessarily about like that exact moment, especially in a game like this for Georgia. A lot of it in some cases is laying the groundwork and also finding out what these guys can and can't do, finding out what they need to work on, working on things that they already know they need to work on because Georgia uses some of these situations and games like this as practice. I just wouldn't react too much in either direction to what we did or didn't see. Um, I was critical of the the call before halftime when Georgia, you know, hit love it for that first down inside the five ran up to the line and, and ran that draw into like a straight bare front that UT Martin had and with cash Jones with cash Jones. Yeah. With, with cash money records. Um, I also though give Kirby smart credit for standing at the podium, uh, you know, a couple of days later, I think Monday or Tuesday, he stood up there and he was like, that was a bad deal. You know, we thought we were closer to the goal line than we were. It was a bad call. And it's a first game for coaches too. And, and, you know, I think like there's an admittance there. And honestly, we don't know truthfully, like what that call was, if that was an RPO that Carson chose to hand off, or maybe like, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's UT Martin. If it happens against Tennessee, it'll be a much more of a, you know, conversation point, but, um, I just think, yes, Georgia's so talented and they've got all these guys that are that are back and that, you know, that have played, but a lot of these guys weren't starters before and, and it's just a different deal and it, it's an adjustment period. And we've kind of talked, you and I've talked on this show for a while, like leading up to the season that Georgia has a two-week preseason and that's what we're in right now. Yeah, and I don't think we – do we get any injuries in that game either? I mean, that's probably a good key takeaway. No, one. not that I'm aware of. Yeah, and that's that's major. I think that's that's very crucial that they didn't. Um, you brought up the offensive line already, but like I went back and did the uh, the film review stuff, and it was kind of twofold in the sense of like, yes, UT Martin loaded the box and they were trying to shoot gaps. And I think if Georgia had wanted to in that game that they could have run a, a lot more gap scheme or B they could have done some more things off play action. Like I thought it was interesting that Georgia only ran 10 dropbacks of play action on Saturday night, uh, which is, which is not really a lot. That was like 28%. I, I mentioned this in the 12 takeaways piece, but uh, I don't think a lot of people actually realize that it, in college football, from a success rate standpoint, play action passes are almost three times more effective than traditional dropbacks. So like, if you want to help a quarterback, particularly a young quarterback in his first start, you run a lot of play action. It's obviously easier to run that play action if you're running the ball well to start with, but um it was telling to me that they didn't feel like they needed to do that to get Carson into the game. Like, I don't know. I, I think that in a way that the happiest person on earth right now is Kirby smart because he loves hearing 
all these critiques and letting his players hear all these critiques after they've heard about how they have a great shot to win a third straight national championship. Like there's things Georgia could have done in that game to probably, you know, create more explosives that they didn't, but um, the left side of the offensive line struggled. Like, I don't think there's any real way to sugarcoat that. Like uh, Ernest green had some moments where he looked like, phenomenal and like he's been doing this a while and he had some moments where he looked like a first year starter in his first game and I think that's understandable because it is uh trust I I thought you know maybe struggled to adjust blocking some of these smaller players like there was a lot of times on tape where he kind of got his you know got his shoulders way out in front of him and his head's kind of you know like his eyes were more facing the ground and it's obviously hard to block what you can't see um, I don't know. I mean, he's played a lot of football for Georgia. Uh, Georgia ran mostly zone runs on Saturday night and just going back the last couple of years, they've, you know, they've, they've struggled more with zone than they have with gap. They ran 18 zones, uh, only six gaps on design runs, uh, I think they've been a better gap scheme team than a zone scheme team. And I think this offensive line's personnel is going to be better in gap scheme because they are so athletic and they are, have the ability to get out and block like they did on the muse screen touchdown. So I I'm just going to kind of hold my water a little bit on what's going to happen with the, the run game and all that, because I, a they're not going to face teams that are loading up the box like that every week and B I just think, you know, we, we didn't see too much variation in the run game on Saturday. I, 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 those gap scheme runs, the, the flip side of those is that getting those big guys all downfield in the open like that can also be a little bit riskier in terms of getting them hurt. And they're just not going to do a ton of that against UT Martin. Yeah. It seemed like the, um, kind of, Piggyback on that, it did seem like the depth people that we had on the second team offensive line did really good. I saw that Monroe Freeland, he, he graded out really well. And I do think Blasky is a really good backup option if something was to happen where Green took a step back. But, I mean, Green does show potential. He has a really, really big mean streak, and he's super athletic. So, if you want a really, really good high-potential guy, I think he's definitely got the tools. It's just something that – um. Offensive line coach is going to have to make sure we hone in with them. For sure, yeah. And I, I think the, you know, the the other thing that was very encouraging to me on the, like, the kind of the, the last couple drives of the game of, of or I guess the last couple drives that, that Beck was in for, uh, seeing Michael Morris come in at left guard with the starters – he started moving people, dude. Like he was, yeah, he's, he's a big boy. Yeah. That, that, uh, first and goal sequence where they ran two times in a row with Roderick Robinson and had like a little six yard gain, uh, in between Morris and green. And then the, the next play they went <laughs> between, uh, Morris and Van Pran and Morris just like moved his dude totally out. Um, both those plays, I thought were as, as good as Georgia looked in zone blocking, uh, you know, really at any point, especially in terms of like short yardage type stuff. So 
I don't know. I mean, I, I again, Xavier Trust has played a lot of football for Georgia. Um, I expect he'll play a lot more, but if if he struggles, then I think you've got guys behind him that are that are ready to play and ready to play at a high level. But um, I wouldn't rush to judgment on it. Yep, I agree. All right, let's flip over to the other side of the ball. Um, we got a question here. What do you guys think about the defense? Question mark. Edge play? Question mark. Um, let's start overall with the defense. What we're – I mean, I know you mentioned kind of when we came on the air, uh, some guys that stood out to you, but what are, what are your I mean, other thoughts? I mean, obviously, I mean, going back to DB, I didn't mention them, but – I think Malachi Starks could be a first rounder in this year's draft if he wanted to come out in this draft. Obviously, he can't. That guy's just a ball hawk, and he's probably the most athletic guy on our team. Um, that guy's just nasty. Um, you know, on edge wise, I think we have a lot of guys there. I think we need someone to kind of step up. I think on edge, I mean, I'm usually not the negative person, but we probably need someone else on this team edge-wise that can step up that's not um, named Chaz that can um, help support in the run game. I think that's going to be a really big um, key for us to sustain success on defense, in my opinion. Um, And I thought the the guys inside, for me, you know, Nazir, Warren, I don't think anybody just straight up stood out, but I think all of them were solid. And I think that it was – it was good to see Jordan Hall get a lot of um, reps with the first team. And, um, you know, I don't think he necessarily stood out, but I think that he had a really solid game. And um, that's what you want to see for an 18-year-old playing um, SEC ball. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, on the whole, I thought, like, the back seven talent is just ridiculous, right? Like, the, uh, the Georgia's got, I think, three – safeties on their team like they might have the three best safeties in the sec on their team right now like i think javon bullard malachi starks and tyke smith those three might be better than than any other safety in the league and we'll see like we'll see what caleb downs looks like as the season goes on in alabama you know that that might be a a hot take kind of thing to say but just going back and watching how they played, man. Good Lord. Uh, Starks all over the place against the run. Like he had, let's see. He was in on five tackles against the run and his average depth of tackle was like less than two yards, which basically means you've got a safety who's lining up, you know, 10, 12, 14 yards deep, and he's flying up to the line of scrimmage and reading things so fast that he's tackling running backs at the line of scrimmage regularly. And then on top of that, you you know, you had Tyke Smith and what he was doing against those screens was just super impressive. He was getting under blocks. He was getting, you know, he was basically too quick to get blocked in certain occasions. Same with John Javon Bullard. Uh, and that's that's relevant. You know, people say, well, it's UT Martin. Yeah, it is. But like one on ones are one on ones. And those are one on one situations where it's, you know, it's those secondary players against a wide receiver and you either get off a block or you get blocked. And you're going to see a lot of that when Georgia plays Tennessee later in the year, because that's a big part of their system is is spreading you out. And um, 
that was something that Georgia struggled with early in the season last year was having leverage mistakes and not getting outside of those blocks to force those those ball carriers back inside. And I thought they did a good job of it um, Saturday night. I thought they did a really, really good job of it. And I think, you know, the inside linebacker spot, um, you mentioned C.J. Allen earlier. Like, it was good to see Mondin back out there playing some. We know what Dumas Johnson is and and can be. Uh, I, I think that it was telling that Allen played as many snaps as he did. Like, I don't think that's – solely because smile Mondin's not a hundred percent yet. Um, and he was making calls, man. Like, and not to mention sorry. And like, there's so much talent and athleticism Jalen Walker. Like we saw him at edge a lot in addition to playing, uh, at, at inside linebacker. Some, I think he was there some actually, now that I think about it, I don't even know how much he really lined up. Who's there. That? Uh, Jalen Walker. He's playing a lot of outside in that game. Yeah. That's, I, don't, I don't know if he played interior. I can look for you. I'm checking right now. Um, but either way, it is quite interesting to me. It'll be interesting to see how they manage all that talent at linebacker. It looks like he played 17 snaps at linebacker and seven at, at edge. So he was there. He was there a good bit. Walker. Um I do What's think that crazy is if Raylan Wilton was healthy, he might be eating into those snaps. Yeah, I, I mean for sure, and you know you don't even have a fully healthy Mondin yet. Um, I think and and Lightsy Lightsley didn't play either. EJ Lightsley, um, he's dealing with some sort of injury from camp, but. Like in spring, there was a lot of people that thought he was the number three inside linebacker on this team, and that was with a fully healthy smile, Mondin. So it's it's going to be interesting, but they're going to be fresh at lot. Georgia's going to rotate linebackers like maybe the same way they rotate D linemen at times. Um, I do think we should talk about the edge though, because like on the film review, I, I think that was the biggest red flag for me was was the edge spot. Um, it's not about the, the talent of these guys, right? Like they're all very talented. It's just a consistency thing. And there's plays where you see all of them do it well. And then there's plays like even Michael Williams had some, some errors in terms of uh, setting the edge on Saturday night. And obviously we, you know, he was a freshman all American last year. We know what he can do, but they got to figure out that Jack linebacker spot. And that's the biggest question for me. And I think if they figure it out, this can, this defense can be statistically up there with that 2021 defense. But I just, you go down the list of, of guys that played there on Saturday night and, you know, you, you just didn't see, I think the consistency that you wanted to. And I mean, the, the list of edge defenders that played in this game is so long, but like Dara Smith was in there. Uh, yeah, he's I mean, not we helping saw, to the run defense. Right. I mean, he was more NASCAR package type style where George is in third and long, but like Marvin Jones Jr. Yep. I just saw the words out of my mouth. Yeah. I mean, he's got every athletic gift, but he just like him and. 
it we I saw CJ Madden, CJ Madden's, you know that those three, um, Marvin Jones Jr., CJ Madden, and um, and Harris, um, or, or Darius Smith. You know, those are three that you know you kind of wish that almost the three we got in this class, Damon Wilson. And Pimba and Gabe Harris, those all three played really good for their snaps. They're just young guys. Um, you almost wish that we would have had those guys one year older and we wouldn't be having this issue. But it just looks like those those three guys I just mentioned, they just haven't developed as quickly as we wanted to. Yeah, I don't know that it's anything like other than some of it's just mental. I mean, like we see Chambliss do it on certain plays where he sets – the edge really really well and then we see other plays where he just like sucks so far inside or he gets way too far upfield and like truthfully to me it felt like there were times where even some of the more veteran Georgia players that that we've seen two gap and do everything right in big games in the past they were kind of they were getting out of position and they were you know they were trying to like basically go and make a play instead of, I think maybe trusting other guys on the front to make those plays on their own. Uh, and I'm sure that that'll have to take care of itself, right? Like either, either through consequence or through coaching, like they're going to learn that they've got to be gap sound and they've got to play their own lanes. But I just thought it, that was the only thing really that I saw that was just like, this doesn't look like a Georgia defense in a way to me. Uh, like Ingram Dawkins had a couple plays where he played the edge perfectly, strung runs out, caused the running back to hesitate, uh, you know, created enough hesitation to where uh, someone from the back seven came up and helped him make a tackle on a play that they strung out to the sidelines. And then there's other plays where he just bit so hard on uh, these these kind of zone read handoffs, like crash the running back super hard and the quarterback's just left to run right out the back door. But Georgia had given up 60 rushing yards at the end of the first quarter to UT Martin, man. Like, that's not going to fly for anybody in that building because the number one rule of Kirby Smart defense is that we don't let anybody run on us. And that's the thing I'm watching from week one to week two because it's – it's not even about the stats, really. It's just like, will the technique improve? I just think Damon Wilson's way too talented not to be um, making a difference by the end of the year. I'm not saying he's going to get 30-plus snaps, but I think he's got he's too good of a prospect and got the, the measurables that you want. Um, I think he's going to be a big contributor down the road. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think he's going to be a contributor in the – in the passing game before he'll be a contributor on standard first and second down situations. Like I'd love for him to prove me wrong. And he very well may. Cause like you said, he's so talented, but uh, from what I saw on Saturday night, like I, I liked what we saw against the run from, from maybe, yeah, you know, in, for probably of the young guys, I, you know, I, I thought that, that Harrison and Pimba both flashed at times, but all of them, they made those kind of young mistakes we were just talking about, you know, and I think that's what's so frustrating is you see all of them do it right at times. And then 
they don't. And it's just like you could say there's not a single edge right now on this team that I feel like, uh, you know, wasn't like that on Saturday night. And I, I tweeted it out today, but like whoever starts just setting the edge, just just doing that, just doing the fundamental play the run the way that they're yep. taught to play the run, that's going to be the guy that's, that's playing 40, 50 snaps a game uh, come, you know, late September and October. see you there Dustin yeah I'm here yeah I mean um I mean I I, I agree I don't really want to beat a, a dead horse I guess out of the inside guys who is um who, who do you think took the biggest step forward from last year to this year yeah I mean yeah let's let's talk about the positives here um we didn't see a ton of kind of the I would say sort of some of the front line players on the inside but uh i mean we we know what stackhouse can do i I consider him kind of a known commodity at this point uh but from a pass rush standpoint like i saw zion logue have some nice plays Mm -hmm. i i saw jonathan jefferson have some nice plays as a as a pass rusher and then i saw him have some bad plays (laughs) against the run um i thought the one that that probably all around uh, impressed me the most was Jordan Hall, really. Like, I, mm-hmm. I thought just – I mean, there's a reason he was in on that first third and long when Georgia went and got that sack, and it seemed like three guys converged on the quarterback. And um, I think he's going to be very impactful this year. Yeah, Um I would agree with that. I would say that the depth there isn't isn't the most. Um, I do think a guy that we really need to step up for us is Christian Miller. It does look like they're going to try to make him as that second guy off the off the bench. I don't think Jared. I think that um, you know I could be. I mean, he he could make a flash later in the year, but he's got to. Even you saw that with kind of Bear, he had to take his time to get into his groove, and it's a. So it's a hard position to learn um, at UGA and get a lot of reps at. But I think Christian Miller is the one guy that um, – I mean, I said it earlier in the season. I think he's going to be one, so I probably need to take a step forward to help us out. Because I just think – thinking that we're all going to be healthy the whole season is – I just don't see that happening. No, I, yeah, you're definitely going to have guys, especially down there in the interior, you know, guys get banged up. But um, I – I thought John Jefferson did some good things. You know, I, I, I thought the truthfully the, the D tackles were more consistent than I expected. And I would say the edge guys were a little less consistent than I expected. Um, but I, I'm not as worried about depth for Georgia at that position as I, I was a week ago this time. Um, they had some, I think, good bodies, and those guys did a pretty good job. Like, they were not getting really run on in the interior. There was a couple, there was a couple of moments where where backs came in clear through the middle, but like the the issue with the run game was was off the the ends of the line. So I, I wouldn't be super worried about it. Um, I do think on Jarrett, 
I'm very interested to see if we get to see him in any like three man fronts later on this year. If they use him as a true zero tech at some point, just, but there was that one play at the very end of the game, man, where like he, I think it was a run, it was a run play where he kind of just shot through the gap and flattened that guy in the backfield. And it was like, oh my God, this dude's 355 and he's moving like this. Like it was a he little, yeah. I mean, there was, we'll see how it goes in the long run with him and what he becomes. But just in terms of like physical movement at that size, there was a little moment of like, oh, that kind of had some Jordan Davis vibes to it. Yeah, he, he played basketball at Grimsley, and um, he was pre- he was pretty decent for his size. That's crazy that he played basketball at three fifty five. I think he can dunk, man. At, at that That's size. insane. I need a video of that. Um, well, uh. If anybody in the chat has some questions here, uh, go ahead and drop them in. If not, we're going to wrap this up here in a couple minutes. Uh, Dustin, are you are you going back on Saturday for Ball State? See, they got four straight home games, so I think the one game we'll take off is this one and go back on the UAB and South Carolina game. So, gotcha. but it was a good time. I mean, that, that stadium's pretty loud for a, a first game being for a FCS opponent. Did you have any? Uh, did you did you go through the bridge area? No, I, I come I come out of the visitor side. Okay. So no, I, I haven't. But they said it's pretty easy to go through. I was just curious if you had any impressions on that first time it was closed. Um, well, so what are you going to be looking for against Ball State? What are give me a couple things you're going to have your eye on? Um. Hmm. I mean, I, I just want to see, can we just, um, I guess, just um, be more smooth from the get-go, um, establish a run. Obviously, that was something I said earlier, but establish the run and just kind of see the offense be a little bit smoother. Um, and then on the defense, like I said, I'm, I think this is one of our better defenses, but um, going back to that, can we just kind of on the edge, kind of seal, seal the edge? I mean, it's really hard at a game to um, kind of zero in on one thing, but I did catch myself kind of watching the edge play. Um, I mean, just kind of see um, – I know that um, kind of for the health reasons, try to see if uh, if Ladd plays this week um, just to kind of see if he can get his feet wet for the South Carolina game since we do have a – I would say a decent matchup for the third game. So trying to see what the health is of everybody. What about yeah. You? Uh, I would agree, you know, definitely interested if Edwards is back out there on Saturday. Uh, I know Jason posted on the site that, you know, he had heard maybe that was moving in a positive direction, but we'll find out on Saturday um, if, you know, if he suits up. I would see a scenario where they would like to get him some touches in game before playing a conference game against South Carolina. That would make sense to me. Um it just depend on if he's ready or not, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. Uh, and then, I mean, the, the thing I'll be watching really closely is how does Georgia look, especially the left side of that offensive line? How do they look in that zone, uh, zone run block scheme? And, um, do they set the edge? Those are going to be two things. And I mean, at the end of the day, I know it's sexy to be like, Oh, you know, I'm going to be, 
looking for like X number of targets to this receiver or this many touches for a running back, but it's a lot more point important. I think in my mind at this point in the season that, uh, that we established Georgia can do those things on the line of scrimmage. Cause, uh, that's, that's how they've won back-to-back national titles. Yeah. I want to see, uh, Beck hit a deep ball just for, for kind of shutting people up. I would love to see him hit, hit one on somebody. I'm not trying to pick out who, who it needs to be. Just hit somebody in stride on the deep ball. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, we should see Rosemey back. That's a good point by Harry there. Uh, interested to see, you know, I mean, his blocking has always been so good. I'm curious to see if, if we maybe see an explosive or two that's created by, by his downfield blocking on the perimeter. Um, so be fun to watch. And with so that, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying. So everything is it's not going uh, going bad, and we don't have to have the alarm set. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, no, we're good. No, no need to sound the alarm bells. Um, I uh, do want to mention if you've been watching on YouTube, obviously you've seen the scroll on the bottom of the screen for Home Field Apparel. But if you are listening on audio format, please check out our friends at HomeFieldApparel.com. They support us, so we ask that you support them. Uh, you can get 20% off your first order with the code DOGSCENTRAL23. That's just DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, Central23. Um, they make great stuff. I'm wearing a nice Red Coat Band t-shirt right now. It's pretty sweet, the Red Coat Band. We, we are a pro Red Coat Band podcast, so... Uh, I'm down to rep it, but uh, my wife always is stealing my home field sweatshirts and stuff. They're they're soft, they're cozy, they make great things, and you can use that code uh, even if you're not just buying Georgia gear. If you just won a fat parlay because uh, Colorado upset TCU on Saturday, go get you a buff shirt. I mean, I don't you know I don't care what you use it for, neither do they. So go check it out. Thanks everybody for tuning in tonight. Uh, Appreciate all the participation in the chat and we will see you guys. Uh, Josh and I are going to do kind of like a little weekend preview show, I think tomorrow sometime. And then uh, we'll see you guys back here next week. Thanks, Dustin. Good dogs.